Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we'll be talking about taking care of you. When people say, oh, after having a child, your life will never be the same, they tend to leave out that being a parent is crazy hard. How can you prioritize your self-care in a simple and sustainable way that will make everything better? Mara Oskategi tells us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Emily Landry, birth doula, childbirth educator, and massage therapist in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Check out her blog for parents and other birth workers at mamamassagedoula.com. Want the next Birthful episode to be brought to the world by you? Then go to patreon.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be. As always, thank you for listening and for all the love you give to the show every week through your comments and those ratings and reviews that you leave in iTunes. Those are especially helpful for getting the podcast in front of more mamas. So thank you very much. On my side of the world, it's finally beginning to feel a little bit more like spring, which of course has me then looking forward to summer. If you're new or newish to the podcast, then you may not know that the summer is when I focus on birth stories. I am a big believer that listening to good birth stories, whether they are in a hospital or home, with or without drugs, non-medicated or a cesarean birth, any of it helps normalize birth and balances out all the horror stories that you may hear from strangers, those helpful strangers, or the drama-filled stories you get on TV. So if you feel like you'd like to share your birth story on the show, let's do it. Send me a message through the contact form at birthful.com and write, I want to share my birth story in the subject line or something like that. I want to share my story. I cannot wait to hear what you have to share. So today on the show, I wanted to give a shout out to Mrs. Zero P3, who left a review saying that she's currently four months along in her second pregnancy and that she finds this podcast, that she finds that it gives great and useful information that pregnant and women who are trying to conceive need to hear. And I love that. Thank you so much, Mrs. Zero P3, for that review. Even though it's a few months out, I wish you a very flowing and smooth and rewarding birth. And if you, who are listening, agree with Mrs. Zero P3 that the podcast is very useful to you, then why don't you become a friend of the show? To do that, go to patreon.com slash birthful and pick the reward level that's right for you. Pledges start as low as $1 per month, which is, you know, it's really actually about a quarter per episode and indeed probably more rewarding than a magazine subscription. So please go for it and <laughs> go to the rewards level at birthful.com slash, I'm sorry, it's patreon.com slash birthful. Um, or if you pledge $5 per month, then you get extra rewards, like, for example, being a sponsor of a birthful episode, which is exactly what Emily Landry of Mama Massage Doula did this week. Emily is a doula, childbirth educator, and massage therapist out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but you can check out her blog, which is filled with awesome information for parents and birth professionals at mamamassagedoula.com. 
Emily, thank you so much for being a fabulous friend of the show. I really appreciate it. And remember to learn all the fabulous ways that you, my wonderful listener, can support the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash birthful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So then now on to the show. Let me tell you about my guest today. Mar Oskategi is a holistic health and lifestyle practitioner with 20 years experience in training in a variety of modalities. Mar provides inspiration and simple and practical tools and solutions to transform your health, lifestyle, and business challenges. Mar is also the founder of several companies, including Physical Awakening, the International Maternity and Parenting Institute, the Association of Professional Sleep Consultants, and the Business Sanctuary. She is also the author of The Baby Planner, What You Need to Know, Green Body, Green Birth, so that's two different books, and her most recent one available later this year, which I'm very much looking forward to, Awakening Through Sleep. I am so happy to have her here on the show and especially honored because Maud has been the teacher for several of my certifications, including my sleep consultant certification. So I can attest for firsthand to her holistic approach towards what she does. And it's so good to connect and talk to you. It has been a while. How are you? Welcome. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here, Adriana, and I really look forward to sharing with you. Um, well, first of all, sh- thank you for sharing my bio and all those good things. And it's it, seeing you blossom has been tremendous for me, and I'm I'm just so happy for this podcast and and what you're doing and the beautiful work that you're supporting others with. And it's a it's a real pleasure. I'm I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much, and I appreciate your support, incredibly so, and all those kind words. Thank you. Um, So this is part of what we're going to be talking about today, though, also, that appreciation and self-care and acknowledgement of what we do and and our processes and what we get there. I mean, we were talking a bit before we started about our own processes, but we're, we're trying to, in this show convince moms, (laughs) let them know that taking care of themselves, the self-care is a hugely important part of their pregnancy and their postpartum that unfortunately gets swept under, under the rug a lot. You know, like mom comes last when mom should come first. What does that, you know, why is it important that moms take care of themselves? That's a really great question. I'm so happy that we're talking about this topic today. Well, the first thing it's important to recognize is that as moms, we are givers, right? We, we give so, so much. And it is really important to take care of ourselves because in order for us to continue giving, we have to recharge ourselves. If we continue giving and giving and don't take the opportunity to recharge We're not going to have anything else to give. The way that we can continue giving and giving more of ourselves is by giving to ourselves. That's that's the number one thing I feel it's important to recognize and acknowledge. The second thing is that we are we're natural creatures of observation and modeling. So, yes, we learn through reading. We learn through, um, you know, many sources. But the most powerful way we learn is through how we observe others are living. And one of the biggest inspirations for me, I think the, the, I would say the catalyst or the, the point at which I decided, look, 
I'm really going to take care of myself is when I truly recognized and understood that the way that I'm living is how my children are going to understand the world. And if they see their mom running like a chicken with her head cut off, right, then and, and, and not putting herself at all, not caring for herself, the observation of the world is this observation. They, they, they are looking at this model and they subconsciously understand on, on, on a deep level, okay, this is the way it is and I must do the same. Now, their paths eventually might lead them a different way uh, where they learn differently. But for the most part, the strongest way we create our habits and patterns and ways of living are by what we observe and usually that begins in the home. So for me, it was not only understanding that uh, my natural tendencies to give and the way I love to support other people, that's going to be fostered and even grow much larger if I tend to myself and, and take care of myself. But more importantly, I recognized that I want to model for my children a way of living that is not perfect, but a way of living where they understand that giving to oneself and taking care for oneself is a really important part of giving, a really important part of um, supporting giving to others. Mm, that's an amazing insight. Absolutely. And it makes sense. It, that helps, like as a mom, that helps me change my behavior because I'm seeing how my not putting everybody else first is actually not helping them down the road. Like, I am going to take that to heart now. <laughs> Personally, yes. yeah. Yes, and another part of that too uh, that comes up for me as we're talking is even with the way that we communicate with our children because part of the development of children and, and our relationship with our children we undergo a lot of uh, explorative moments where things can get heated, we can get triggered, you know, they, they test us. We, and if we're not caring for ourselves, the way we show up for our children can be very limited. So, for example, if I, if I haven't gotten my sleep, if I'm, I'm running on empty, if I'm exhausted, my tolerance level, my patience, my way of reacting to my child uh, is going to be impacted greatly than if I take care of myself. Because when I take care of myself, I then have more patience, more tolerance, um, more presence, more understanding, more compassion. I have that ability to do that uh, much greater than when I'm not caring for myself. So I can show up for my child in that capacity when you know they're they're at a point where they're learning some hard lessons or they're at a growth stage that can sometimes, you know, as parents, that can really put us on our edge, right? Oh, absolutely. And and it's a tough thing because especially that early postpartum period, part of the definition of that, of, of a child's survival is, is, you know, they're in a continuum of sleep, which means you don't get solid sleep for quite a while and you have to figure out how to make it work when your life is going revolving around you know, two to three hours feed, feeding every two to three hours because their tummy's so tiny. So what are some tips and tricks for that period for moms to try to get more sleep or balance, you know, take better care of themselves? Uh, this is great. Um, well, there's a couple of things I want to mention because we might have some pregnant moms on the call, uh, you know, listening to this podcast. If that's the case, 
I really feel it's important to, you know, in whatever trimester you're in to consider what your support system would look like, um, you know, what your resources will be postpartum. I think that we have a lot of amazing resources for birth and even like newborn care basics and things like that, which we prepare for. But the postpartum period, I feel, needs a lot more attention, a lot more preparation and consideration than we've been currently giving. So if you are currently expecting, I would start there. I would start really considering, you know, what are my support systems like? Who can I reach out to in my community? Uh, Because, you know, it does take a village to raise a child. When we go back historically, Um, You know, we can see extended families and their role and how extended families supported uh, parents with their children. And then if we go even back further, we see the tribe dynamic. Now, you know, the schools and and daycares or or live-in nannies and things like that have pretty much replaced those roles. And in some cases, they don't even exist. You know, maybe financially people can't afford those kinds of things. And so it comes to a point where we have to really be um, crafty and think out of the box to understand, you know, how can I work with a support system that is going to be practical and, uh, you know, work for my family on many different levels. So I would say pregnancy, make sure that you think about postpartum and have a strategy and really think about all your options. Reach out to people like Adriana or others in your community, wherever you're located to find out what your options are. And then in the postpartum, you want to meet yourself where you're at. So, you know, what's your situation currently? You know, what's happening? What resources are available, both free and paid resources? I I think, you know, number one, I, I think being comfortable and accepting that it's okay to ask for help is huge for moms because somehow it's been put into our space that asking for help, reaching out for help is weak and that it doesn't, you know, we're not strong, you know, we can do it all, you know, we can take it all on. And I think that's the first part of the process is first acknowledging that actually asking for help and opening up to to receiving support is where the strength lies. Because the more we can allow ourselves to receive support and open up to that, the more we're able to give and show up. So, and that really is strong because there's a saying that I love, which says, if you want to go fast, if you, yeah, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I take that back to this understanding of where we are postpartum, because if we do want to go far, we want to go together. And really that's where the strength is. It's the the strength in the numbers and supporting us. So acknowledging number one, that it's okay to ask for support. It's actually strong to ask for support and receive it. Once you allow yourself to embrace that belief and that, uh, that thought process, then we can start to look at, well, what's, what's possible? Because I think the next part where moms get stuck is, oh, I can't afford support or it's not there or, you know, it, 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 our thought process becomes very limiting. And so the next thought that comes into place is, okay, in every challenge, there's an opportunity. In every challenge, there's an opportunity. And really embracing that, recognizing it, which then brings us to thinking out of the box. Because a lot of times we feel we're only limited to getting support from a paid source. 
but there's many co-ops, there's many resources, there's many ways to actually gain support that don't have to look exactly like the structures that we've been limited to or Mm. in the box thinking. I really love, for example, you know, new moms group or just reaching out through meetup, creating your own meetup for moms who are due around your same time and then maybe doing quote unquote play dates together where, you know, your babies aren't going to be playing, but you get to support each other. And then that may create a relationships that will blossom to a point where you feel comfortable you know, leaving your kids with them and, and sharing, sharing kid time. Exactly. And there's nothing like gaining the support of other moms um, and even parents, you know, the mom is a topic, but, you know, there's there's co-ed. I mean, there's many situations where uh, that's why we don't want to understand well, what are resources. And if you don't have that resource, most likely you're not alone. And just like you said, you can start one. That's that's the biggest thing. You can start, re- you know, reaching out and asking other moms and other parents in the community, how many of you would be interested in coming together and sharing time together? And I think one, another big takeaway for me is understanding that it doesn't need to look extreme or big. So for example, taking some space could be 30 minutes an hour that might not seem like much to start with but when you've never had it or when you've had like you know stretches of time that you're just going and going it's actually a lot and when you become when you begin forming these structures and these new ways of supporting one another you'll start to see that they'll start to build on one another so a lot of times when I work with self-care with my clients and when I even started with myself I recognized that I needed to take baby steps with my time. That meant taking, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes of some space, you know, usually began with my partner. And then it, you know, then it began with friends. And then the time began increasing. And so I feel that it's really important to meet yourself where you're at and understand, okay, where am I at? What's my lifestyle like now? What's my schedule like now? And where can I begin to make some small changes that can support another opening and some extended space that can then eventually, you know, expand and grow a bit larger. But you need to start in those baby steps. And I really like the baby steps because then they become more sustainable. It's something that, you know, if you're taking a little chunk of five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then, then it grows into that 30 minutes or you are more likely to keep doing it than if you go for a big two hours and then you did it once and then didn't do it again. Exactly. And I'll give you an example. So let's say that um, you, you know, gave birth a month ago and you're finding yourself feeling overwhelmed and, and you don't feel that you have space for yourself. And this is just an example of an idea. Of course, I would look at many factors when working with someone, but can I give you a scenario? Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Okay. So let's say you gave birth a month ago and your initial support group and all the family that was coming and helping out, it's kind of petered out and your partner's gone back to work and baby's still waking up five, six times a night and um, having that really fussy witching hour time between 6 and 10 p.m. and you are running kind of on empty because you haven't been sleeping much and feeling that your support is is the novelty's worn off and you're feeling kind of alone 
Mm-hmm. That's my scenario. Perfect scenario. So there's a few options. First option is to look at, you know, have you looked into the resources that can support you postpartum? Because not all of them, there are, there are pro bono resources out there and you definitely want to look into them depending on your situation. You know, for example, postpartum doula and things like that. There are some that will take uh, work on a, um, you know, uh, scaled price kind of thing and, and those kinds. So, you know, really looking at what's available, but in the interim, right? So, but I just want to put that out there because it is important to know your options and what your resources. And a lot of times I find that most people actually don't know all their options. They, they, they think, but because they already assume that there's a limitation, they don't go further than that. So I think it is important to explore what's available for you. Number one. Number two, you know, I kind of use a philosophy of a keto. A lot of times when a situation presents itself and the kind of energy, you know, fussy baby, you're running on empty, the resistance we have to that situation, uh, kind of like, oh, you know, that initial like, oh no, kind of resistance to a situation actually is fighting against the grain and makes it a lot more difficult uh, to, it's like fighting an uphill battle, right? Um, Going upstream. When we allow ourselves to take in the situation as it is, even if it's bringing up emotional things for us, it's a lot easier rather than resisting to embrace a situation and actually to invite that situation to transition into another state. So let me give you the example with the scenario. The baby's fussy, the baby's crying, dad's at work, there's no other help around, you don't know what else to do. So one of the things that I find very helpful is to work with breath. And picking up your child, holding your child, might be breastfeeding or not, whatever works for you. Working with, even if the child still continues to fuss, slowing down your breath, there's a, a, an app called the Calm Map, which I'll talk about. It's a great resource I'll, I'll bring up in a moment. And allowing your state of energy to start to soften and come down and see what happens with your child. Now, sometimes in your child's fussiness, we do want to explore. We want to make sure we rule out you know, uh, medical conditions and different things like that. So I definitely want to put that out there. That's an important piece. And, and if something's going on, like your child's endlessly crying and you haven't really understood what's going on, make sure that you rule out medical conditions, You know, have an appointment with your doctor, You know, get those things checked out because you want to make sure that there's not an underlying condition or something happening that hasn't been, You know, even a food sensitivity, for example, or, or food intolerance that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Or Unless a soft you know, tissue issue. Yes, exa- exactly. So, you know, there's a number of things that could be going on. So, But let's just say those things have been ruled out, let's just say. And it is just a moment where it's, it's energetically, it's just like this disconnect and your child's at this state and you're at the state. A lot of times we underestimate the power of our own presence and our own energetic state and its influence because we're co-regulating with one another constantly. We have our own personal nervous system and we have what's called a social nervous system and a dynamic that's happening in a family structure. So, and, 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 There's even studies done, a lot of research, scientific research done, that when you begin to mirror a behavior, when you begin to shift, the other person naturally begins to adjust very similarly to you in a way. There's like this this really interesting dynamic that happens in a a shared situation when we're 
living together and co-regulating with one another. So what I, I work with uh, moms a lot is working with their own energetic state, their breath, uh, embracing the moment because that's the hardest thing to do. A lot of times they, there's a lot of resistance to the moment and there's also a judgment of, oh, here we go again. There's something wrong. Why now? What's, you know, there's a lot of um, harshness and, and beating up of themselves that happens when things are not quote unquote going right. And so being able to let go, and this takes time and practice because it's a skill. So I want to say that because this is a skill, you know, uh, culturally and in our life, we're not usually taught the tools on how to deal with challenging situations and we're not given the tools to, to work with them in a way that, that's supportive. We do have fight or flight, and there is a time for that. So if, if someone's running after us, an animal's running after us, we definitely want to run and we want to be able to, to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But in a situation where we're not in danger and it's more of an energetic tone that's being set and there's this co-regulation happening and you know we want to work toward bringing a state of um, softness and, and energetic balance, we undervalue or underestimate our, uh, our, the power of that that we have. And so I work a lot with breath and in embracing the moment um, and allowing the mom to welcome their child in a way where the tone and the energy meets their child where they're at, but yet invites their child to also come into their space, which is bringing more of a, um, a different kind of energy and tone. And so, you know, every person's different. And what I would recommend is experimenting a little bit. And what you would do to start with and, and to work to build to this skill is when your child is napping, before running to do your errands, before getting on the phone, before doing the dishes, give yourself a moment, three to five minutes, because you can definitely take a little chunk of time to start to do this, and then you can get back to your errands and whatever you had planned to do. Take three to five minutes. You can use something like what's called the call map. It's capital C-A-L-M. If you have a smartphone, it's it's on Android on your iPhone. Have you heard of it, Adriana? I'm not sure if you've heard of I it. I have not heard of it. I'm I'm okay. excited to look at it. Yeah, check it out. It works on airplane mode, so you don't have to worry about once you download it, it works on airplane mode, so you don't have to worry about Wi-Fi. What I love about this app is that it's so um, customizable to your liking. You can choose the setting of the rain, like if you like hearing rain or a beach or you know, whatever it is, they have all these settings. And then you can also select the amount of time, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. And you can choose whether you want a, a guided meditation of breath, a guided meditation of a body scan. There's all these options. And the practice is training your body, training your, yourself and your body to work into, to bring into the energy into the space. So once your child is napping, take a few minutes to give this gift to yourself, to show up for yourself and be like, oh, I'm going to take a dose of this calmness. I'm going to take a dose of this stillness. And before I run off and I begin to, you know, do all these errands and things that I know that I feel like I need to have done, why don't I invite this, this what I call a pause, a pause into this moment. That starts to reset our ourselves. It starts to create a a way of recharging ourselves in moments throughout the day. And usually at an early stage, a child will usually take, you know, anywhere from some four naps, three naps, 
you know, in the early stages, eventually two and then, you know, down to one. But there's enough naps in time where taking three to five minutes is very practical and doable. You'd be surprised how, how much it works. The problem is, is that most people think, like we talked about in the beginning, that they need this huge chunk of time. And so then, of course, they go to extremes. But then when we start to work with this three to five minute segment, they go, wow, that was powerful. You know, it's just enough time to be to give themselves that gift to start to, you know, uh, turn the wheels, if you will, and, and start building an, a skill set and move into another direction. And at the same time, it's still honoring the other things that they wanted to get done. And it's also training their body to implement pauses throughout their day. Mm-hmm. And so all these wonderful things are happening. And what I want to mention is one more thing, and I know you'll have more follow-up, is most recently, interestingly enough, Ariana Huffington has come out with what's called the Sleep Revolution. Uh, she's doing a series currently on the Today Show. She's revolutionizing, um, particularly in general, uh, bringing back the naps and bringing back restorative health to uh, people because she herself ran on empty, experienced um, you know a big ch- change in her life where she recognized, look, I really need to recharge. And so this is going on. So even though that's more for general, I feel like it would definitely be, besides the Calm app, a really great resource for moms to start looking into to understand what's culturally happened and to also inspire and motivate them with some other um, tools and resources as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, I love this Calm app. I love this idea because there's also research that's shown that if you do you know, this little chunk or three, five minutes, several times a day in that practice of resetting yourself, it's going to be more beneficial than if you took just the one hour, one day, just like, you know, also with the gym, it's better if you're moving all the time than going to the gym for one hour once a week. Um, Having this training your mind and helping reset your nervous system, basically, yes. to go back to calm. I love that. Another it, option for moms is to do it because I like the nap idea, but right. they could do it also while if they're breastfeeding or any any way they're feeding their kids. Yes. Because um, that tends to be more times a day than a nap. So yes. maybe that's a good one also to include. Absolutely, Adriana. Feeding times. Anytime that you find yourself with your child, with the opportunity to embrace the moment when the child's fussy, when your child is napping, when you're feeding your child, even if you're playing with your child, you know, there's always moments that we can invite in. And breastfeeding is a great opportunity to do that. If you happen not to be breastfeeding, if you're bottle feeding, you can still do that. And um, sometimes you can have one headphone in or not. You might even, you might not even use the headphones. I know clients that just have it on their, um, on their speaker, on their phone, and they actually listen to the Calm app with their child. And it's actually really helpful for their child too, because it's also training their child as well through that process. And so Yes, that's why it's important to meet yourself where you're at. What are the moments that feel most practical and most supportive for you to invite these pauses? These these moments in your life where, oh, you know, it really makes sense for me right now to take a moment here. And I, I definitely want to say that the science shows, you're correct, Adriana, that the science shows that 
the more consistent you are, the more you take moments and the more consistent you are, that is actually far more beneficial than if, you know, you took one hour, one day, uh, because, you know, a week, because it's through the consistency that brings the level of homeostasis, the balance, the equanimity that your body is now uh, retraining and structuring itself in a way. It's, it's no different than, you know, uh, understanding that eating, uh, skipping meals, for example, <clears throat> is also too extreme for the body and why your body needs regular meals throughout the day while your body, like you said, needs regular exercise, you know, throughout its day. It's, it's kind of like the, um, you're designed to go in and out of stimulus, right? It's, it's like this natural flow. We're coming up and down rather than going through spikes of extremes. And so the closer we are to that middle where we're just flowing in and out rather than going through these spikes, the, um, the more it's going to be beneficial and serve us. And so I, I absolutely agree that um, supporting uh, moms through any moments, feeding, napping, um, you know, even even playful moments of bringing that calm uh, moment in can be helpful. Even if they're just strolling, uh, that's another one that some of my moms work with is when they're uh, walking. Sometimes they'll do a, a reflective uh, stroll walk, and they'll do like a meditative walk. Sometimes they'll use a calm map, or there's others that are out there, but that's one. And they'll just you know they'll use that time to also uh, be more meditative and reflective. And that is huge because, I mean, I'm thinking about the stimuli and the difference of before baby and after baby in your life. The amount of stimuli that you're going to get after the baby is born is nonstop. So it makes sense that, that I love this tool. This is, this is a fantastic, fantastic tool. But I also wanted to talk a little bit about sleep because I know that constantly, right, we... It's easy to find resources and find um, recommendations on what you should do for nutrition and exercise, nutrition and exercise. And you get information on, you know, baby sleep if you're lucky. But we don't get information about our own sleep and the importance in our lives and that taking care of ourselves. Can you speak to that? Yes, thank you. That's a, such an important topic. You know, one of the reasons I began uh, or was very inspired to write my book but even the sleep program that you had taken through us was the fact that I recognized that sleep support for families wasn't beginning toward until the child was four, five, six months of age. And the reason for that is because that's when most sleep experts agreed that sleep training was appropriate. Before then, they understood that introducing sleep training to a child is not appropriate. Um, and so prior to that, I, I asked myself, well, why don't we have sleep support? If moms, you know, uh, 78, about 78%, according to the National Sleep Foundation, of pregnant women have or experience a sleep challenge throughout their pregnancy. This could be anything from getting up to go to the bathroom, to insomnia, to restless leg. So if already mom's sleep is compromised during pregnancy, and then add to it the whole newborn and the the support that's been limited, right? And, and, and all of those changes and things that are happening. That huge chunk of time to go without sleep, to go without support, my goodness, the, the susceptibility to postpartum depression, anxiety, and a whole, whole host of other health conditions 
opens up, right? It, it, it's no kidding, right? It's like life. a, it's like a no brainer. Exactly. And so part of the, the pioneering work that I'm doing, and I think Ariana Huffington's doing and what you're doing and, and many sleep consultants that have taken on this holistic point of view is understanding that sleep support and education is best through pregnancy because how we have slept historically our own lifestyles absolutely are going to influence our child's and uh you know how that period transition into after the, the birth and going on and what's interesting is i definitely have to um bring up ray castellino and mary jackson um, they were my birth support team for my first daughter but they do a lot of work um with birth psychology and understanding you know history of parents birth and you know different things and how that affects one you know their own birth but they've done a sleep series and i'll provide you the link because it's it's just amazing oh yeah please absolutely it's, it's very much in alignment with my philosophy and with my book coming out and um you know they follow a family um and the 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 sleep series follows a family along with their their child sleep issue and they bring up all these things we're talking about and most importantly like I do they connect and understand that our own lifestyle the, the way we've been sleeping our, our own energetic state how we invite sleep our beliefs about sleep our expectations about sleep absolutely are affecting the family dynamic and you know there's articles that have been put out there that are bringing more attention to the perception of parent sleep and how that's actually affecting child sleep because one of the biggest questions is wow we've got all these sleep books all these sleep consultants you know all these methodologies and approaches and the sleep uh, child sleep problems have actually risen not diminished so what's going on <laughs> you know what i'm saying we we got to yeah. question that and part of that uh is been the disconnect that we've had from understanding the correlation between our own lifestyle as parents and our child and so again it's about understanding our own nervous system then the social nervous system and how we're co-regulating constantly with one another how we're influencing one another and how to work as a team to um provide a dynamic in a situation that works for all of us because you know there's parent led approaches baby led approaches to sleep and what i say is that it's a bit of both if we're in a family dynamic and unit it's important that we take into consideration everybody's needs in that unit you know how's everybody's uh, sleep and what are everybody's needs and what's the schedule and what's going on and when we begin approaching it like that it's much easier to understand how to work together as a team as a family unit than if we're just focusing on the child's sleep or just focusing on the parent's sleep for example. Yeah, and it it has to work for like feeding, sleeping, moving, exercising, schedules, everything has to work for everybody involved or else it's not sustainable. Something's going to break down the exactly. line. Yeah. It, exactly because especially in the baby led approaches, a lot of times the parents feel the such a huge sacrifice where they are bringing themselves to to a state of such exhaustion because they're just like following the baby 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 baby's needs and that's it and they're not taking into consideration their own but then what are they modeling for their kids and then in the other extreme if it's just the parent you know my way or the highway you're going 
you know, child, you follow this routine, you follow this schedule, then again, like you said, it's not sustainable because it's not taking into account the child's needs. And the reality is everybody has needs. So by looking at everybody's needs and understanding what those needs are, and then looking at, you know, the foundations of everything, the science behind things and rhythms. And there's a really great video that I like to, to share with people. It's called One Family Different Clocks. Because a lot of times we assume that everybody's circadian rhythm is the same and schedule is the same. And that's not always the case. And they've even been able through neuroscience to track and, and code these scientifically. And so again, when we have different needs, how can we as a family unit come together and adjust to everybody's needs? And so there's a compromise. There's a way of co-regulating. And so when we start to perceive things in this way, all of a sudden our perception of sleep and how we work with sleep shifts a bit and we're able to work in a way that works for everybody. And so people like yourself, Adriana, will work with families and, and you'll use these, these you know, ways of, of, and approaches and so families begin to understand, oh, it's not just about my child. It's not just about me. It's about all of us. And then you can come up with strategies and solutions that then make sense and are sustainable for everybody involved. Absolutely. It, absolutely. Because otherwise, it's, I mean, unless, I think unless you're Mother Teresa, and there's a certain point where an immense level of sacrifice becomes, turns into resentment. And you don't want to get there. Exactly, Adriana. You know, in the sense of Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa was in a situation where, you know, her level of sacrifice and what she was doing had a specific intention and had a, a specific calling and a specific need. And for our family dynamics and for the practicality for most parents, that is not sustainable. And at the same time, we have to, again, go back to what we're modeling for our children. Is that how we want our children? Do we want our children to exhaust themselves and to get to that point of sacrifice that's also sacrificing their own health, right? Mm -hmm. and, they're, and so it really becomes a question of what we want to model and what's also practical and sustainable for us. Because as a family, we're growing together. We're... Um, we're developing together. And as a result, we want to be able to enjoy each other through, through, you know, the ups and the downs and all the different things that happen in our family dynamic as we develop together. So that, for, for that to fully be nourished, it does require a, a recharging. It requires us to understand, okay, where, where do we reset? Where do we recharge? Um, I do want to mention Yoga Nidra. Uh, because yoga nidra, uh, it means yogic sleep. And for those of you that are yogis, and even for those of you that are not, there's actually a more modern form of yoga nidra called eye rest. Uh, one hour of yoga nidra equals anywhere from three to four hours of restorative sleep. That's how powerful and how deeply restorative this practice is. And I have found that with some of my clients, they absolutely love it. And you can even do half hour chunks of it. It's very similar to the guided meditation in a calm map, but different in the sense that it just has um, a different journey, a slightly different focus, a different tone. And I wanted to also provide that as an additional resource and tool because it is deeply restorative 
And um, sometimes I have my um, clients work with it in half hour, hour chunks in the middle of the day. And even sometimes at night after their child has gone to bed, mm, and if they're can, having trouble falling asleep or things like that. And that can be a great, you know, quote unquote, cheat sheet, like shortcut for those parents whose lives are such that they need to work longer hours or, you know, they, and then they get home and their kid needs them and, and they're not getting the best sleep and their mind's going really crazy, wild and running away like mine does all the time, <laughs> that that can be a, a way to a great tool for them to restore in shorter time. Exactly. Yes. And, and like you said, it's those, just like you said earlier, again, it is going back to that, these moments, the more that I can be more consistent, make it part of your everyday, the same way we brush our teeth, we shower, we comb our hair, we get dressed. We want to begin understanding that these pauses, these moments of rest, these moments of, you know, resetting, recharging are no different. It's, it's, it's just as an important function of our daily living as brushing our teeth, you you know, going to the restroom, feeding ourselves. It, it's no different. It's just that it hasn't really been integrated in our culture like that before or perceived like that before because of, you know, our, our, our culture. So inviting that back in as part of our function, as part of our daily functioning, the, again, like I said, like we eat and comb our hair and brush our teeth, that will support, again, this uh, shift in how we're, we're feeling, how we're thinking, how we're moving. It, it's, it's amazing what a little amount of uh, resetting and recharging throughout the day, just in chunks, throughout the week and throughout the day will do for us. It's, yeah. it's powerful. And it's a huge, I love it because it is the, I think this is the most important thing we could have shared today because once you figure out how to do that and reset your nervous system and reach in and connect with your calm on a constant basis, then it'll be so much easier to get better nutrition. Then it'll be easier to get to the gym. Then it'll be easier to get more sleep because then you won't be, you know, eating for stress as much or eating for for comfort as much because your body will be in a better place from the get-go. Exactly. And and you hit a really great point, Atiana, because part of the reason for that is with those pauses, not only do we physically, our bodies get a chance to reset and recharge, but then mentally, because we've slowed down, we have more insight. We have an opportunity to be more of a witness. So a lot of times when we're on automatic mode, we're going, you know, we're we we are unconsciously eating when we're stressed. We're running here, running there, doing this, doing that, and so we're not always conscious even of our actions. We're just kind of reacting to these moments. When we take these pauses, what happens is not only does our body have a chance to reset, but then mentally, we have a chance to slow down enough where we become very conscious of what's going on, and so now we go. Oh, we start to observe things and recognize things that being on automatic mode wasn't easy for us to see. And so now we can be more discerning with our choices. And so just like you said, you will now have, everything will be put much in order, right? Once the, the mental component also slows down, 
then your ability to get to the gym, to eat healthier, to um, make choices on how you spend your day or how you respond to a situation become fostered in a much more nourishing way because the insight now comes into play because of the space that's taken. And I love how that connects the the possibility of you being more insightful, how it puts you in a better place to deal with the immense reality and change that has, ha has happened to you internally of going from, say, you know, a, an individual to now being a mom, having that label and 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 rightly so owner you know own that label but it can take a while to step into that new skin of being a mom so it requires a lot of introspection and and insight into what does that feel like and who you know there's a lot of transformation so I love that how it that brings you to a calmer space so you can do that. Otherwise, it can be really hard on top of, of all the other external stimuli and things that can be happening. That's right, because it's it's I love how you how you frame that. It's you know, it's it's an exploration. Part of what I feel happens and I don't know if you saw this meme um, out there that was out there. It's like a few months ago. It was this pregnant woman. And all these voices were coming at her, like uh, this like a little cartoon. All these voices were just like speaking at her, the doctor, the parents, the friends. She was in this meditative, she was pregnant in this meditative pose. And all of a sudden, this like cloud comes over, all the voices go away, and the word yoga comes up. You know, it's kind of symbolically. And it's to say that, okay, there's all these voices, there's all this information, there's all this advice, there's all, do this, do that. It's flying at us. When we are able to slow down the mind and to take that space, great. We can acknowledge the value and all the information that's out there. But also, just as importantly, this the, becoming a parent and this transition into uh, parenthood, the postpartum phase, it's also about exploration and curiosity. And I think that's the part that lacks a lot in the postpartum phase is that, you know, it's not just about knowing, 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 knowing everything. It's also about inviting an unknowing and exploring, oh, wow, learning about your child, learning about yourself, being curious and open to what that looks like, what that feels like, and then developing uh, a dynamic that feels right for you and your child and your family, your partner and everybody involved. And so it's having, you know, the knowing, but also having the unknowing. And I think that's where, and, and it's uncomfortable because we also live in a society where unknowing or not knowing something is scary and people battle with that at a lot they, they want to know everything like what do I do now you know and that part is not always easy but the more we can again it's a skill the more we can train ourselves to take those pauses then the more comfortable we become we connect deeper with that insight and inner wisdom and then that exploration the open curiosity that begins to be part of the daily dynamic with the knowing, with all the other voices and things happening. Yeah, because nothing's going to be the same, but it's okay that nothing's right. going to be the same. Yeah, that's right. It's new. It's, 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 it's a new transition. It's a lifestyle. It's a whole new journey. And so we can embrace it and work with what we know and also work with what we don't know. And, and I think the playfulness part of it too, you know, having... Um, an openness and a, and a, a lot of times it's, it's so serious and it's so pressure and, oh my God, you know, 
it's uh, it feels like such a, a deep pressure and responsibility to be a parent, and it is. But at the same time, it's a miracle, and it's 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 also a a um, a playfulness and a lightness to it that you know when our children smile at us, when they laugh, when we see them go through these miraculous growth periods. They're always bringing us these gems and these moments of joy and playfulness and spontaneity and, and laughter. And so being able to um, embrace those as much as we do the others also supports that transition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mar, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. It's, it is really like my soul is richer and, and fuller right now because of this lovely talk we've had. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adriana, for this opportunity uh, to share with you today. And also for you, thank you for doing what you're doing and sharing with families this amazing resource. And uh, just wanted to share with all of you that, you know, we all have um, inner wisdom and inner blessings. And this platform that, Adriana, you are giving us is giving us a tremendous opportunity to learn from one another and to also explore ourselves. And so just a deep thank you to you as well. Thanks so much. How can listeners, before I forget, um, if they want to connect with you or follow what you're doing or read, you know, get your books, how can they do that? Thank you. Um, the the daily way they can keep up with me is to, through my uh, Facebook page. They can type in Mar, M-A-R, Oscategui. You can actually put a spelling on there. They'll see it maybe in your podcast. And then uh, my uh, fan page will come up. That's that's a way to keep up with me daily. Otherwise, you can just visit my website, which is maroscategui.com. And on there, you can just submit your email. And when my book comes out and when I have a new blog or do interviews and different things like that, those will be available. Fantastic. I will put links to all that on the show notes. Thanks again so much. My deepest pleasure. Take care. Mighty Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter or subscribe at birthful.com. If you want to further support the podcast and join my adventure in figuring out how to do things differently, then go to patreon.com slash birthful and check out all of the different pledges and reward levels, including an exclusive monthly Q&A chat and much more. Go do it. As soon as this is done, just go check it out. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One. Did you know that if you started listening to one Birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.